I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. LaFondra looking to get close side of Fon. LaFondra away from Davis! 3-1 running! Three points ready. Hello, welcome to Blue, Blue Collar Street, Elm Park Royals podcast. It's been such a long time since I've done an introduction that I've managed to screw it up in the first five seconds. Welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Uh, we are back, reading and back, playing league football, and we're back with three points. Been joined today to discuss the three points by Nick. Nick, how are you on this very misty, cold December morning? Very cold, uh, very happy Reading one. Bit disappointed with England, but 50-50 considering. 50-50. And Matt, hopefully maybe 50-50. Yeah, it was too much really to ask, wasn't it, of both uh, both Reading and England winning. But, um, but yeah, at least we, we started the weekend off with a, with a three points and back with a three points. Yeah, we'll, uh, I guess we'll, we'll trend away from talking about the, the loss in the evening. Uh, I'm sure there's... Plenty of people out there who are very upset and very disappointed, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll stick to the main talking point, I guess. Of positives, we'll stick to with Reading's. Yeah, we'll stick to the positives of, of Reading getting three points yesterday uh, in this podcast. I'm sure there's plenty of places out there where you can go and listen to your heart's content about England getting knocked out. Unfortunately, last night, Nick. Yesterday, we lined up with Lumley back and goal. Uh, we lined up with Mbengwe, Holmes, and Yedong. Centre back, Raman Hoyler, Inspawner Hendrick may take Carroll. Any surprises in that lineup to you after the four week break we had? It was pretty much what I was expecting. Um, I think if Saar was up to speed, maybe he would have come in. Um, I didn't expect him to be on the bench, to be fair. Uh, and up front, I was thinking long instead of Carroll personally, but I, you know, you could go with any format. I think the only one who's walks in at the moment is probably Mate on his sort of form towards the end of the break before the break. Uh, the back three, I think, is probably our best with Holmes and Benge and um, Yeardon. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, like I said, only Saar might come in when he's when he's fully fit into that, and it's who you take out. But yeah, no surprises for me. I thought that's pretty much spot on from Paul Lentz. And Matt, obviously with Loom and Rahman and Hoylet having been at the World Cup, did you expect any of those three to maybe not make the squad after 
having travelled to Qatar, or were you kind of expecting them to start as well? Um, I was kind of expecting them to have almost a week off, you know, in all honesty. Um, you know, Bubba played all the games, I think, so did Hoyler, and I think both of both of them, you know, came straight back in and played. I guess, you know, um, uh, Loom was out there for, for an extra um an extra week or so so i guess it made sense for obviously him him not playing but um but yeah no it was it was it, i was a bit surprised seeing them come back i thought you know especially when you've got guinness walker behind bubba you know who i think some might think you know should be starting over him anyway regardless um but may, maybe maybe it was just because of you know the the center back situation you know because when when you're lying up maybe in bengway yeardham holmes i know to be fair yeardham's done well at center back when he's when he's played there but um but yeah, you know, I would have, I would have thought at least, you know, one of them might not have started, if not both of them wouldn't have started. But you know, Hoylet came back, did okay. Bubba, not, not so in my opinion. But we'll talk about it. Yeah, I was not that surprised to see them both start because it just feels like there's not that many options necessarily. I know we've, you've just discussed Guinness Walker, but I, I'm still not sure how much Paul Ince necessarily trusts Guinness Walker to play 90 minutes because he just doesn't seem to to get the starts he maybe necessarily deserves. And then the centre-back situation is a weird one because you're playing those three at centre-back, but you've got Saar and you've got McIntyre, but clearly neither of them are, are fully fit yet because otherwise I think one of them probably would have started yesterday, potentially, instead of instead of Yeardon playing at centre It's a weird one, though, because you, you've got the centre-backs, but these three have played well at centre-back together. So, yeah, it's, it's a strange one to try and like work out, but I, I kind of agree with Nick. I think it's probably... Not really that surprising that lineup overall, um, apart from perhaps Andy Carroll up front, which we'll come on to, but I'm not quite sure how much he's adding in games uh, currently. The first half, Matt, was not exactly a classic. It was one of those performances, no. both teams, I think, where you could, you could really tell that the, they hadn't played competitive football for a while. It was very sloppy. It was... The first 15 minutes, first 20 minutes was very sloppy from both teams, like passes all over the place. It was very much a first game of the season, right? You know, it was it was a bit slow, it was a bit lethargic, like you say, sloppy passes left and right. Neither team really, you know, grabbing the game. I mean, admittedly, Reading probably came out slightly better of the two. Um, you know, Coventry didn't really have have much really in the first in the first twenty, twenty five minutes. You know, they they were passing it passing it slow. Um my mate who I who I stand with, he he had a Coventry fan and he was saying, you know, it was taking it was taking Coventry five passes to do what we were doing in one or two passes, you know, so which I guess the the, the one good thing I guess you could take out of it was Red, Reading's um organization was really good. Really good. Um and I think you could see that they'd clearly worked on that through I was going to say the winter break, but it's not really winter break, is it? What it is, but the World Cup break, um, you know. So it was good to kind of see see that element coming into it. Um, but I I still don't think the first half was overall that bad. I think lots of people would say it was bad because it was quite dull. Um, but like I say, Coventry just didn't really have anything, and Reading controlled the game well. It was almost kind of just once we needed that final pass we got into the final third you know it was just slowing down there wasn't as much maybe that's because of you know what you had up top in carolyn mate maybe but but yeah like, i i wasn't overly disappointed at half time nil nil i didn't really think oh this this has been you know we've been holding on here or it's been a disappointment 
No, and I don't think we were holding on necessarily in the first half at all. As you say, I think Reading were probably the better team, but without really doing very much to be the better team. Um, and you mentioned the organisation. You, I think a lot of that organisation this season has been down to those three centre-backs, and often it's been Tom Holmes at the centre of, center of that three. Um, but Nick, Tom Holmes came off with a, what appeared to be a concussion injury after about 15 minutes, and, and McIntyre filled in for him. It, I don't know what it is, but we do seem to just have like a a curse with with centre back injuries this season. Yeah, like we we have had a lot of injuries over the last few years, and and it continues this season. But as you said, it, it seems to be more about the centre backs this year. Whereas over other seasons, it's just been a bit spread out. You know, like key players. Whereas now it's um, yeah, just constant centre back injuries. We've got six out and out centre backs, I think, uh, first team centre backs, and. I think we'd barely had one or two fit for most of the season and Demengu's playing there now and he's been brilliant and Yeardom's fielding there a lot this season. I think McIntyre and Holmes are the only ones who've been consistently fit and to an extent Hutchinson as well, but he's uh, an older player now. Scott Dan's an older player and they're going to pick up injuries. Uh, you know, I don't, it's a shame about Liam Moore, but again, would he be playing anyway? I don't know. Um, and yeah, Sars the biggest disappointment. It's not his fault that he's played two games. It's easy to get Scott down as well, given that he's not featured at all this season. Yeah, I think um we're doing okay though, I think defensively. We had a few we've had a few bad results, uh, but generally we've kept a good few clean sheets, I think. And even when we've lost games or conceded one or two goals, I think generally we've been quite solid defensively throughout the season, despite the injury issues. And the first half, man, we didn't really give up many chances once McIntyre came on, I don't think. I think there was a there was a good free kick, um, which Hamer had, which went just wide and one shot from distance from Callum O'Hare. And Lumley kind of dealt with that one fairly easily. But the, the major talking point, I guess, from a Coventry standpoint in that first half was Jeff Hendrick maybe pulling back. I think it was um, Victor, Victor Dripperers, right? I think so. Yeah, the, I mean, the ball the ball comes over. I kind of think the only reason he might not have been sent off is because he doesn't have the ball under control. And it's a bit like, sorry to bring the comparison in, but obviously last night in the in the England game, when you had um, the uh, uh, the challenge on Mount, when it goes over the top, barge into the back by Hernandez, he doesn't have control of the ball. So it's not a clear goal scoring opportunity. That's really, I think, the only thing that it might have saved um Hendrick because I mean he pulls him back clearly you know the ref the ref's given a free kick there you know he's seen it um like I say the only thing is he's he's not got control of the ball so maybe that's why it was only a yellow you know I guess he's kind of lucky in in in, in that sense because if he gets it under control first or if he's on it it's 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 going to be a red card you know I think like maybe thinking about it more more rationally, maybe yellow was was right because he doesn't have it have control of it yet. So you can't categorically say, you know, it's a clear goal scoring opportunity. But um, but but yeah, he's, he's nonetheless, I think, quite quite lucky there, really, um, because because yeah, you know, maybe maybe on another day a ref might have seen it differently and get, given it a red. There was certainly obviously a lot of shouts for for um, red coming for the commentary fans and the players were pretty incensed on the pitch about it but um but yeah thankfully it it wasn't red because it would have would have no doubt changed changed the game i mean he causes all sorts of issues um jukerez for for commentary he's a, you can see he's a good striker i think paul it's called him the best Paul's striker outside of the premier league yeah. uh, i i didn't realize either how big he is he is absolutely huge three, isn't he? 
You know, he's big, he's strong, he's quick. He's got everything. He's yeah, he should be in the Premier League with him the next season, I'd imagine. But, with Coventry or without. What what I would say though is that I mean, to be fair, Reading like muzzled him so well yesterday. You know, they mm. they didn't really allow him any space, any time on the ball. He didn't I don't even I'm not even sure if he got away a shot at all yesterday. You know, they really defended him so, so well. And you know, I guess being first game of the season, it might have been diff uh, um easy, sorry, to to have let him loose, not 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 kept tabs on him, you know, be a bit sloppy on him. Mm. But they really were well drilled and you know, him. I guess it was probably quite crucial to um to the game as well that, you know, we didn't didn't um yeah, give up too many chances to him. I was speaking I, to a commentary fan on uh, Twitter before the game and he was saying, Oh, I don't think he's gonna have a problem with any of the, the defenders we had in the lineup and uh obviously no one really I mean we're still getting to know him Benge and uh, I said to the commentary fan, watch out for him and Benge because he is he's strong, he's quick and he, he might do a job on him. Um so yeah obviously did enough. I think uh, he's um we did enough to kind of keep him white yesterday, but you'd still see the quality around him certainly. Um looking back at the there's only really one other moment in the first half that that we need to to really discuss, Nick, and it's the chance right at the end of the first half, and it's the first time Reading really get a good good shot away with a cross coming in from the right-hand side, and Mete finds himself, I think, with an almost free header from about six yards, and maybe he should score here. Yeah, it was, um, it was a good header from, from Mete. Uh, I think he just doesn't get enough power on it because um, the keep is a good save. Uh, I think it was about six or seven yards out maybe eight yards out it wasn't too wasn't ridiculously close but it wasn't you know it was in before the penalty spot kind of area in the center he, he connects well guides it towards the corner i uh, just don't think he gets enough enough power on him the keeper is a great save um but yeah i think mate gets more power on that i don't think the keeper's got a chance um yeah it's a good ball from tom, tom Ince as well lovely little dinked ball into the into the mix and normally Mate would bury those to be fair he's pretty good in the air him or Carroll would have you'd think would normally bury those sort of chances so it's a shame not to get in front because that's pretty close to half time so it would be nice to get in front of that, that point of the game it's pretty good movement uh from from Mate Matt for him to actually create the chance there because he's had to like come around the defender to to give himself that kind of space I, yeah. I think the first half with the two forwards with Carol and Mate, it's probably worth discussing because I think it was definitely a a shared opinion amongst a lot of Reading support at you know maybe, maybe half time, maybe 50, 60 minutes yesterday. That there's two kind of elements to Reading's game, and one was get the ball down and run with the ball, which is your Tom Ince and your you know to an extent Fauna Mate. But then the other game plan is we're going to hit it long, we're going to hit it towards Carol and try and get him to bring the ball down. And they don't really gel very well. Um, and there was a lot of opinion that, you know, bringing Carol off at 50 minutes or 55 minutes probably would make a lot of sense. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I disagree. I disagree with that. I thought Kauri Este was probably better than Mate. I thought Mate, to be honest, apart from that header, was pretty woeful in that first half, to be honest. Um, and he actually Mate actually had another chance where he was he was put through. Um, and of course, because he's not got a right foot, he tries to shift it onto his left foot and it's snuffed out by the defender before he can even get a shot away. You know, I, I and I think like Mate was going for headers that were Carol's. I thought Mate you know, like, I mean, probably the one player that looked like, you know, well, well, we said how well drilled the team was yesterday defensively. You know, like, I I don't think Mate got, got the game plan at all, really. Yesterday, I was surprised, really, when Carroll was the first one to come off. But I thought Carroll, to be fair, yesterday was probably, you know, he, he, he looked he looked pretty good. I thought, you know, I don't, I, I think it's harsh to say that he was the one out of the two. Um, because I thought Mate was all over the place. I wouldn't necessarily say it was Carroll who played badly, but I do think that there's definitely a, a like a clash of of style that they're trying to try push when like Carroll in the field. Yeah, it, even if it's not Carroll playing badly necessarily, I think there's definitely like you can see that there's there's two elements or there's two ways that they're trying to play the game in the team, and it doesn't necessarily work that well. But I guess when 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 you're looking to bring Carroll into the game, obviously, like when it goes long and that, you've got to have you know the players, um, you know, you've got to have the Tom Inces, you know, the um, uh, the the Mates ready to to win the chest downs, to win the knock ons, which you know no one really seemingly wants to do or like you, you know is good at. Maybe you know, like to, to be honest, I would have brought you know long on for Mate, you know, uh, at, at half time if I was going to make a sub, you know, it probably wouldn't have been half time; it would have been about sixty minutes probably if it if it was me. But because, you know, because then at least, you know, with Long, you know, he's going to, you know, try and win them. He's got he's got the intelligence, you know, which maybe may say lacks a bit, you know, to to play that two two up striker, um, you know, formation and to make those runs, to win those knock ons, to win those chest downs. You know, like when, when, when you're playing the long, long ball to Carroll, you know, you can't just rely on Carroll bringing it down, controlling it, turning and running, you know, because that's not what a player like him does. You've got to have the team around them, and if if you don't have that team around him to kind of make those runs, etc., you know, when you've got players that arguably could do that, you know, you're setting it could be that if you if you don't have the players around him to do that, then maybe you shouldn't be starting Andy Carroll. But I can see your point that you need yeah. Carroll. But, if you but, play Carroll, then you do need players to be doing that at the same time. So it's kind of to me, it feels like it's, if you're going to start Carroll. You, you almost are forcing yourself to play that way and you have to have players like who are going to play to benefit the style that you're going to have to play with Carroll on the field. I think Long's the perfect sort of partner for any of them three, Mate, Jao or Carroll and even Tom Ince as well because they all run off and do the running and then those three with any any of their hold-up play can play, they can play off but the other three, Carroll, Jao and uh, Mate, um, but Long's 35 now. He can't play every week. And I prefer Ince in the number, sort of the attacking midfield role and doing what he does best rather than playing up front, really. Um, yeah, we, we've got sort of the strike option there to do the partnership, but they're, they're not at the right age anymore. 
it's kind of the it's kind of the um not the issue but it's a discussion that we've been having all season really before, yeah. the, before the world cup break you know even at the start of the season we've got four maybe five strikers who could start for reading and yeah. no one really still knows who the best two is which best like which two are the two all offer different different attributes maybe. as well I wouldn't mind seeing Femi Aziz come in at some point. It probably needs an injury for him to come into the frame, even whether it's off the bench or starting in a front two with one of the more physical strikers, just seeing how he does and maybe giving him a run of three or four games. Uh, he's injury prone, he's, but he's, he's pacey and he's quick and he'll run beyond and he'd be good at that. But we'll, we'll see if he ever gets that opportunity. I can see Aziz starting in the, in the FA Cup game. Absolutely, yeah. just, just to give him ninety minutes of, at some point. That. Otherwise, he's just not going to get into the squad. I think without an injury, as you say, Nick. Yeah. Looking at the second half, there was no substitutes at halftime, despite our discussion. Um, there was no subs early on, and Coventry came up very, very quickly in the second half, Matt. And I think the first three, four minutes, Coventry could have scored twice. They had a really good chance, which was saved, I think, by Lumley. Um, and then also there was the the corner from from their left hand side, which was swung in, and I think it was it might have even been commentary's like first corner of the game potentially. Um, and then when you compared them to all the corners that Reading had had up to that point, it was incredibly um, incredibly effective that first corner for Coventry. I, I hope it's the first corner. I, I can't can't quite remember, but it was an incredibly effective corner. It was flicked on at the near post and just glanced off of the post at the uh at the far side yeah and we came out i don't know whether it was coventry came out very quickly or reading came out slowly but it just looked like reading were just sat in their own they were camped in their own half ready for that first five six minutes of the second half i think Co- coventry came out fast you know like i mean to, to be fair given how slow they were in the first half we kind of i guess maybe expected it should have expected it because you know a team as good as Coventry you know with 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 the quality that they've got you know they've proved it being you know winning four on the bounce coming into you know um yesterday's game you know you know you're not going to have two halves of you know how slow they were in the first half not creating chances etc but um i mean it's a, it's a really good header it was their um uh, it was their number four rose it it it'd been quite a good all game to be fair i think um but i mean he he just has a free run he has an absolute free free run i think gets in front of carol as well lumley's trying to come out to punch i think he falls over i think it um actually, i'm not sure who it might have been um at the at, at the front post he might have actually fallen over hendrick or someone it, it, it was a bit of a mess really all round from reading on the corner but really they should have scored I think their commentary. I thought they did score really in 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 real time when they, when when you get your header on, on on a uh, near post flick on you know nine times out of ten it goes in. Let's be honest, you know. So I think we were we we're a bit lucky there really, and just really with with, with the tempo that kind of um, commentary came out with, it got their fans behind them again. You know, I think really the the, the whole stadium was a bit flat really after it, about fifteen minutes in that first half. They slipped a ball in on the. Their right hand side in between, um, in between in Bengue and was it in Bengue? It might have been McIntyre and no, it would have been in Bengue. Yeah, in, in, in Raman, uh, they slipped a great pass in behind them just before the corner, yeah. actually. And I was like, well, that like that part, it was a different level kind of pass. It was a great yeah. passing. It was Jigres again, actually, with the pass. And it's 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 what they're capable of, right? You know, like they they they've they've not like I say they've not won four on the bounce 
you know, for, for no reason, you know, with, with their games in hand, you know, they could arguably be in the playoffs, right? You know, that they're, 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 they're very close to, yeah, you know, that they're, they're, they're a top side and they're, they're capable of doing that. You know, we were, I guess, like I said, maybe a bit lucky in the first half. They didn't quite hit the right notes, but, you know, you kind of knew they'd come out like that in the second half. Thankfully, you know, we were able to to ride out that storm, you know, which maybe in the past we might not have been. We were able to hold on. We got on. a slice of luck, didn't we, let's be honest, from from that first few minutes. Because I think if yeah. they'd scored, if they'd scored, no one could really have complained that they that they'd got their noses in front. Thankfully, they didn't. And it only took a couple more minutes for Reading to actually go up the other end. And Nick, they took the lead and it was maybe not fully deserved, um, but they took the lead from a corner Reading. And I think... Um, I read a stat which was this was Coventry's first goal they've conceded from a set piece all season. Um, okay, it was. It was not a, you know, not a bad one for us to uh, to to, to, to add on and to add on to that stat. It was their first, I think, goal they've conceded away since September as well. Wow, didn't have no idea about either of those. But yeah, a good a good ball in from Tom Ince, uh from the corner, and McIntyre wins the first header. And it just falls absolutely perfectly for Mbengue, who it seems to have come out this week that Mbengue's nickname within the squad is Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a great nickname. And Cheeseburger, Mbengue, manages to get his head on it and puts it puts it into the roof of the net from basically, what, like two yards out? Yeah, really yeah he's... Uh... Floated ball in, I think, uh, was it Tom Ince on the corner? It just floats. It's quite high, floated corner, and McIntyre just gets something on it, directs it just further into the penalty area. And I don't know if McIntyre's trying to head it at goal or if he's just trying to knock it in. I think he's just trying to get something on it to put it into a dangerous area, if I'm honest. And he does it really well. Uh, great, great header from him. And Mbengue, and, and our, our little cheeseburger, he just guides it, guides it home off the bar and... He's ecstatic. It's his first goal. He's trying to dance away, but Carol Carol gets on top of him a bit and ruins his ruins his dance. But yeah, great goal from from Cheeseburger. He's brilliant. I love him, and I really really hope that that we can keep him at least to the end of the season, but really long long term because he's a he's a player with with potential value. I mean, he's only twenty as well, and he seems to have stepped right. up this season really really well. Okay, quick question because we've got two. Two players out of contract in a month's time, Carroll and Mbengue. Matt, you can keep one until the end of the season. Oh, well, I mean, like, I think out of the two, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? And hopefully it'd be longer than the end of the season. But, I mean, you know, it would be Mbengue. You know, the, the I think the talent that, that I think the kid has, I mean, he's... Whoever kind of, you know, scouted him, kind of brought him in. I mean, I think, you know, there might be a few question marks, you know, at the start. Of the season when he was one of the ones that we brought in, people thinking, "Oh, who's who's this?" I think he'd only played in second division in France. You know, like it, it it was a real signing out of the blue. But I mean, Christ, he's 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 absolutely you know flown as a player so far. You know, I mean, I don't think many would have expected him to have the impact that he's had, have the game time that he's had. But you know, I mean, he's 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 just been fantastic. I think you know, like whenever he's actually played, you know. He's, he's he's never really actually he's, I guess he's had a couple of maybe naive moments in the box when he's pulled people down um, and maybe should have get, given away a penalty you know on corners etc or free kicks but I think actually defensively as a defensive player you know in play he 
that there's not really been it reads faults the game, for his game. He reads the game very well, I think. Reads it very well. Yeah. Someone and not got that much experience. He reads the game very well. Exactly, exactly that. And I think even when he doesn't, when he makes a slight mistake, I mean, I never realised actually how quick he is, you very know, quick. until he actually starts running. He is absolutely rapid. You know, he's like a you know he's like a car walker you know where, where, at center back with it with his pace he's absolutely flies along but i mean i like i say i hope we can keep him on not just to the end of the season but you know to you know two three years because i mean he's got he's got a bright freak future and he could be a player that you know Reading could earn a few quid off yeah it's the sort of signing that you, you really want to see isn't it like a free signing bring them in as a relatively young player and then you can Put them in a team, see them develop, and then hopefully make a bit of a profit from in in a couple of seasons' time. If 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 the club haven't you know progressed up the leagues necessarily, um, and I think I'd agree. And Nick, I assume you would as well. That Mbengue is probably the one you have to prioritise if you can only yeah, keep so one. It's a no-brainer. And um, I mean, Matt's said it all already about how how good he is and his qualities. Um, I think the big point Matt just made as well was on the the, the sell-on value, and if we can get down to like a four-year deal. Even if he stays one more season or even to the summer and he's on a four-year deal, then we can cash in on him. We have to do that better. We have to get like we used to do, sell players and then build the, the squad to keep a strong squad around to then grow, still grow and not go backwards, not sell and not replace as some teams do. And like, so Huddersfield have sort of done. We need to look at like how we used to do it and how Brentford have done it, sell players and then look lower down or abroad and find these quality players with sell and value also, bringing them in. And keep building and, and Bengue's that sort of signing. He's that player that we can get back to how we used to do it. He's the sort of one we can do that with Tom Holmes, as we've got him down on a contract now. He's another, possibly T Mac. Um, there's not many in the squad at the minute, maybe Aziz if he can stay fit. But we've got to look after these players and tie them down and some of our other academy players too and be smarter again. I think we are getting on track with that. And I know probably part of the issue with Mbengue is. Um, with the with the restrictions we have, it could be that um, he wants to try and move up the leagues again because he, he dropped down from a league one team already. Maybe he wants to get back to that top division or to the Premier League team, and it's a stepping stone. But yeah, it's it's not ideal that he's only on a short term contract. Um, but it's it's a big positive that we are making these signings, and if we can get them tied down, it's going to be huge for us. Fingers can I brought. can I put a question out there quickly? Sorry. Yeah, go on. Um, because it was actually it it, it it was it was Mets' B team, so he wasn't even in the Mets A team. He played, you know, the, he played the, about the fifteen games for them in in the top division. Some of the bench, um, but he did play in Liga Un a bit last season for them. Okay, only a few games. How how does a player like him end up without a club though in 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 the summer? Because obviously we we, we signed him when he when he was clubless. You know, he was released by say yeah. B. You know, how, how does a player like that actually get to a point where they're where they're clubless? Because I, I always find it a bit surprising. Yeah, it's a strange one. I don't know if Mets tried to keep him and he just thought, I want to do something different. A bit like Mate when he left PSG, I guess. And he could have stayed at PSG or he could have gone to Italy. He could have gone to other championship clubs, I think Premier League clubs as well. And he chose Reading because I think Teverden and maybe Bowen had some sort of knew something about him or was tipped off with him. And had some sort of influence where like you will get game time and maybe that was what what did it for him um yeah an interesting one though it'd be interesting to see the story of what happened and why he was on a trial with Reading when we we're in the, the shit, to be honest with restrictions um how was the cheeseburger yeah. made 
It's what we all would like to know. Yeah, we would be. It's good to know. That. Hopefully, Bowen can like work some work some magic and get get him signed up to a, a longer term deal before January. Yeah, that would be ideal, I think. I'd love to know that. The um the next ten minutes, Matt. Also, I think Coventry really were on top for the next ten minutes, and it looked like the game was only going to go one way with with Coventry basically attacking and Reading kind of sitting back and defending. And I think up until we made the substitutes, when Long and Loom and Zhao came on, I think they all came on pretty much within about five, ten minutes of each other. Mm. Um, I think those three subs really kind of changed the way that the game was going. They did. Um, and, you know, we weren't sitting back as as much. I mean, even though Coventry were on top, they didn't really make any chances, though. You know, like 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 they controlled possession, sure. You know, but I mean, again, it goes back to kind of actually how good we were defensively yesterday, which has kind of, I guess, been a hallmark of kind of most of the games this season. You know, how good we've been defensively. But I think yesterday it was a bit of a bit of a step up because I, I, I can't even remember many shots really they had inside the box bar, you know, the header which they flicked onto the post. You know, all of Coventry's attempts and kind of saves that Lumley made, you know, came from outside or chances from outside the box, you know, but I mean... I mean, when 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 Long came on first for Carroll, you know, it gave us a bit more kind of up up, up top. And I mean, Ince mentioned it after after the game, kind of the intelligence that 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 Long has. You know, it it, it really kind of shines through and is a bit of an example, really, for, for you know the rest of the team. You know, as a as a kind of you know, this is what I want from you. This is what you should be doing when you're coming off the bench. You know, th- this is why. You know. Like when you when you come when you come on, you've got to be showing me that you know you want to start, you know, which I think Long just does every single time. You know, nobody can fault. I, I guess his his work ethic, you know, his experience. Even like when 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 the ball gets pumped pumped long, you know, Andy Carroll style, he's not going to go up and win win the header. But I mean, he positions himself so the ball's always bouncing. You know, the ball yeah. bounces and then he can take it down. He did it like two or three times. I, I find I find that still with Long really interesting because he often it doesn't look like he's going to win the header, and what he'll do is he just nips in in front of the defender at the last second and heads it away yeah. from the defender so that he can yeah. then chase it down it's, it's one so of the intelligent he, i don't notice it with any of our other strikers at all but longer than every single game he's on the field he'll nod it away from the, the opposition player so that he can be the one to chase it down uh, and it's yeah is it it shows the intelligence as a, as a footballer that he's he might not win the header first time or he might not be able to win the header just in the air against an opposition player but he can he can knock it somewhere else yeah. and go and take the ball um, and I think him coming on and, and Zhao and, and Lou, with those three coming on, they, they did seem to kind of gain control of the game again. And I think it was a bit more, there was a bit more control. It didn't feel like the ball was just getting pumped back towards us every single time after we cleared it for those for those final 20 minutes. And it felt like Reading kind of saw the game out without really necessarily creating anything themselves. And it yeah. feels like we've done that a couple of times this season where the last... 15 minutes or so, we, we feel like we're sitting back too much. And then actually yesterday, the subs kind of worked really well. Mm, yeah, smart game management from from Ince, isn't it? To bring on the fresh legs and Shane on with his pace can stretch the games out a little bit. Uh, chasing the balls down, making it hard for defenders with those smart little headers, like you said, Matt, already. Um, just getting in on the defender late and just putting his body there and flicking it on. Uh, he's, he's just learned so much, even from when he was with us last time. He's learned so much in the Premier League over the last 10 years. And you can see that he's been playing against world-class players most weeks for the last 10 years. And he's come back, even though he's maybe not as quick, quite as quick as he was. I mean, he's still pretty quick, to be fair, but he's not as quick as he was. 
Um, but he's smart and he's learned how to play without that that pace he had um, and that stretch of the game. And Loom, obviously, a solid uh, physical presence in the midfield, uh, good in the air. If Coventry did start going route one, Loom can play a part in, in helping to defend that as well with his with his height. So, yeah, it's good yeah. good game management for me. It's, it we'll looks like he's come on as well, Nick, at the back. What's that? Sorry. So Sar come on as well at the back for twenty minutes, which was an additional, you know, measure of height as you would. Yeah, so. I'm surprised he did that. Um, to be fair, because I, I don't like it when you change for defence in games when you don't need to. Obviously, with homes you had to, but yeah, it was an interesting one. I think maybe was he trying to just obviously not just defend it, but was he trying to get Sar some minutes ahead of next week? Maybe um, some, you know, I don't know if he's played any behind closed door games in the in the break, but. Um, yeah, he's he's six foot six or something, isn't he? So he's huge. So yeah, can't can't complain. I think he's got a bit of pace about him, and it's obviously worked. So yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I agree with you. I think it might have been for fitness minutes. It was probably kind of a pre-arranged thing that Sar was going to get fifteen yeah. minutes at the end of the game, right, no matter yeah. what the kind of score was. And it just so happened that we were one 0 up. Did manage to see the game out. We've got Birmingham, Swansea, and West Brom Matt over the kind of Christmas New Year period. There's not as many games as normal, really, over this this Christmas period. How many points is a good return from those next three games? Oh, it's a million-dollar question, is it? Who have we got again? I can't even remember. Birmingham, Bir- Swans- Birmingham next week, Swansea after Boxing Day, and then West Brom at New Year. Uh, oh, and Norwich, actually, as well, just after Christmas. Norwich, yes, I forgot Norwich. It's actually quite a tough Christmas period, isn't it? I mean, Swansea, oh. Christ, we never... Never get back against Swansea, do we? I know we drew against them last year, but pretty much every time we seem to play them, we seem to lose. Norwich away is going to be a tough game, real tough game. I mean, I think really the two games you're probably looking at is West Brom and Birmingham. But West Brom again, you know, I guess it's more circumstantial against West Brom. But again, we never normally get anything against West Brom. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it'd be great to go up after after. Uh, New Year's Day and get get some points at West Brom. Oh, I'd probably say actually, can we get actually four points? I'd probably say it's 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 a bit down, I know, but four points, five points, I'd say would probably be be a good return from from those games. You know, one if we can get a win and two draws, I think I, I think it'd be a relatively good return. In all honesty, a win and two draws would be yeah great. I think you've only lost one game out of those four. Be one loss in six then potentially given that we beat Hull as well before the break that would be a very decent return I think um Nick we're only now I think it's one point off the playoffs don't have any sneaky suspicions that we're maybe looking at uh potentially crashing that top six somehow I don't think so. I don't think we've got enough quality. I don't think we can strengthen enough in January we're probably limited if anything um even uh, yeah, even, even with how tight this league is, yeah, it's very tight. But we could go the opposite direction very as e- just as easily. Yeah. I think very if we true. could just stay in that sort of top half mix, top fourteen mix, that'd be good. I and mean, then you never know. I'm not ruling it out, but I'd be very surprised. And yeah, if we could just stay in that mix, that'd be okay. Fingers crossed that we can stay in the mix. And uh, yeah, we're not we're not too far away, but also obviously there's a long way to go, and can't get too ahead of ourselves. So. Yeah, I think mid-table, top half, over Christmas would be lovely. Hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. It's been nice to be back watching Reading. And uh, 
Next Reading game is on Friday night on TV against Birmingham. We'll have a preview podcast up during the week. Um, looking forward to that game. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, drop us a rating on iTunes or Spotify, etc. And uh, we will be speaking to you all very, very soon. Cheers.